I'm teaching the parenting class this morning. Um, Charles emailed me on Monday and asked if I would be willing to cover this morning. So what I'm going to assume is that he asked every single one of you <laughs> last week, and you all said no, um, because I definitely do not feel qualified at all to teach a parenting class. However, the topic that he's asked me um, to cover this morning uh, is, is something that I think we can speak to, um, I, I can speak to a little bit, um, and that is how to evangelize your children. So we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Uh, we'll pray in just a second. I think Charles usually starts with some uh, opening the floor for any kind of, I don't think I, I think, I think I usually miss this part, but uh, doesn't he usually start with kind of opening the floor for any, any uh, stories, tales? I feel like we should all be sitting in a circle, you know, saying, hey, you know, my name's Drew, I'm a parent, uh, that kind of thing, so, like therapy. Um, but do we have any, any stories, anything? Yeah, Chris. Yes, um, and this is something they brought up last week, and I, I kind of ran out of time. Sure. Sophie was probably maybe five, and I was going to a ladies' Bible study at night, so I met her at the church, and um, Sophia had to come with me, so I picked her up. Sebastian was already with me, and she was just going crazy. <laughs> so we're driving, we drove... Uh, back way there's a reservoir and stuff and it's really dark no lights or anything and she I said alright I'm done with this you're going to get out and you're going to walk because I'm tired and she was just crazy so I pull over she hops right out I'm leaving and she's like oh this is really working <laughs> so she starts walking up the dark street and I'm like Sophia come back here but um, sometimes you think that something's going to work and it backfires and yeah yeah <laughs> That's a good example of that, yeah. That's funny. Um, actually, we just saw that. I saw that in the airport yesterday. Um, I want to say it was in Phoenix. We were standing there walking walking somewhere, and um, this, I think we were waiting to board, and this lady was uh, walking away. Uh, I, guess, I guess it was in Oakland. She was walking away from her daughter, who was like two, and she's saying goodbye, you know. And at first, I I kind of caught the little girl out of the corner of my eye in the middle of the terminal, sitting there crying. And I kind of caught her, and I thought, and of course, immediately I'm like, okay, there's, you know, what's going on? There's a problem here. That she she needs help. And um, and so, but I, and I look, I kind of look around, and I see, you know, a, a tall uh, lady, you know, um, looking at the girl and, and, and saying, hey, all right, goodbye, 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 I'm leaving, goodbye. And um, and I just, you know, and she didn't do anything. It didn't make any difference to that little girl. She was like, she was, she was fine. So it was kind of the same, kind of the same thing. Uh, okay, good. Anything else from, anything for this past week? Any success stories? Anything that you'd like to share? Anything that's that's been working? Um, I'll, I'll just share this. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from the class so far for us, and Danielle, I think, is feeding the baby, but she'll be in here. Uh, she's running a little late this morning. She'll be in here. She's going to help me a little bit this morning. But um, uh, for us, I think the biggest takeaway so far has been this idea of uh, let's try that again. Okay, let's, let's um, you know, instead of just saying, let's, you know, uh, disciplining or instead of just uh, saying, hey, don't talk to me that way, instead of doing that, actually... Giving the child the opportunity to 
try again and saying, hey, let's let's work on that and, and see if we can get that right. And that was just some, I mean, it seems like such a basic, simple thing. Um, but honestly, that was something that, that we had never really, really done before. And um, it's it's very good, and it's, it's been a good thing for us. Yes, Skip. I had the chance, I was in Pittsburgh all last week at a meeting, and I went to the Carnegie Museum, Natural History. And we've done the Creation Museum. There's lots of things that we try to prepare for at the Creation Museum regarding children. And when I got to that museum, I had walked for four hours until I finally got to the modern art exhibit. And when I got to the modern art exhibit, there was five times the security presence in that space than anywhere else in the museum. Mm. And it was very, I was like, this is, I wonder why. So I went up and asked the guy. He said, oh, he says it's simple. He said it's undisciplined children. Mm. They have more problems in that gap. And there's nothing in that gallery. There might be like seven pictures in a room this size, you know, in the gallery. Wow. And he said, it, he said it's problems with kids and with some adults, but it's primarily kids. And uh, I just thought that was startling, that because there's no objects in that room, there's minimal amount. Well, that, that's where the, you know, it just amplifies um, this uh, area. Yeah. Of, of training your children and having that. And I, I saw six or seven times in the, in the museum where a child, um, I saw one kid hit his father. I toured a submarine that's next to the museum. And he hit his dad. His dad was trying to get him to go up a set of stairs. And he said no. And he punched his dad. And this kid was probably like six. And his dad didn't handle it. Mm. Wow. Well, and if nothing else, that tells us that, uh, you know, as, as, as Christians, there ought to be a very clear, um, a very clear testimony just from our children. Now, is it fair to expect our children to be perfect all the time and to behave all wonderfully in public? I don't, I don't think so, but um, obviously there ought to be a difference. You know, there ought to be a very clear difference in the way that, that our children act versus the way that everybody else acts. Thank you. All right, well, let's pray, and we'll get started here this morning. I was morning about uh, evangelizing your children and how to, uh, how to share the gospel with your kids. And, and initially, that may even seem like a kind of an odd thing. Like, well, isn't that, isn't that kind of your job, Pastor Drew? Like, isn't that, isn't that the job of the church? You know, isn't that why we bring our kids to Sunday school? Uh, and, and church, and isn't that why we're here uh, for you guys to do that, for the Sunday school teachers? And so, and, and, so, and, and to be honest with you, um, you know, I even kind of have a little bit of that same line of thinking. Well, you know, isn't that kind of what Sunday school and all that kind of stuff is for? And so I just want to challenge, as I've challenged, like I said, Pat, um, Charles reached out to me this past Monday, and uh, of course we were, we were gone until last night. So I really just spent I, I just spent as much time as I could this past week just meditating on this, thinking through it, even talking to some of the teens on the mission trip, and I just took some thoughts down on the plane last night. But, but basically, um, that's what we're going to talk about. It's just how, how do you go about evangelizing your kids? And also, I'm going to spend some time this morning talking about assurance of salvation because I think that this is a really, that's a really, really big and important thing for us as parents to understand um, uh, either, either from our own experience or to kind of share among ourselves, if you haven't had the experience of doubting your salvation, what that is like, because I think it's a very normal thing. 
uh, but it's something that we need to be equipped with how to how to deal with it. So hopefully we can share a few thoughts on that as well. But let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time this morning. Father, we do ask that you would give us grace today. I pray that you would uh, help me as we uh, look at this uh, as a, at this passage and as we look at this topic of of how to how to share the good news of Jesus with our with our kids. Lord, I pray that we would do that effectively. I pray that you give, give just give us wisdom this morning as we as we talk about this. I pray all this in your Son's name. Amen. Um, if I say anything that's crazy this morning, in my mind it's it's uh, about seven in the morning right now. Um, so we I got back home about midnight last night, and so I, I apologize if I say anything that's a little off the wall. You just chalk that up to um, jet lack of well. I got the coffee, but jet lag or, or something like that. Um, so again, the assigned topic this morning is how to discuss and, and present the gospel to your kids. Uh, frankly, this is not something that I have a ton of experience with just yet, uh, but I will say this. I mean, I have three children. Uh, they're all four and under. And if you are wondering, now I don't think anybody in this room really has, um, everybody has young children or, or, or older, but you, if you're wondering, okay, is it, is it, When's the right time? You know, when is the time? When's the right time to start sharing the gospel? Okay, this this here's a baby. Okay, when do I start talking to this baby about about God? Uh, I think it's the wrong question. I mean, I, I don't think there's really ever a right time. I think I think you start right away. Um, and, and I didn't do this with all of our children, but when the day within hours of Chloe being born, um, I I read Psalm one thirty nine to her. Now I did not uh, I did not preach a message to her, I did not uh, give an invitation, and I know that she does not understand any of it. She didn't understand any of it, but I don't think it's ever it's ever too early to start talking to these things be- about about the gospel and about these things with our children. Um, so I, I don't even think, and I, I'm not saying that any of you are asking that question, but I just don't think that's the right question to ask. Uh, when's the right time to start start sharing the gospel with your kids? Well, yes, okay, now. Uh, at any, at any, at whatever point you are, that is the time to start talking to your kids about the about the gospel and about God and Jesus, and and to take the opportunities. Um, and and again, you may find the idea of sharing the gospel with your kids a, a bit odd, and say, "Well, Pastor, isn't that kind of your job, Pastor? Isn't that what you're supposed to do?" You know, I you know, you, I have teen. Some of you have teenagers. You know, you say, "Okay, well, I, you, you share the gospel with them, Pastor. You, you know, that's your job." Um, first of all, no, okay, <laughs> that's not just my job, that we, we are here as a church, of course, we are here to enforce and to, um, to kind of add some, uh, you know, obviously the worship and the structure of the church uh, is very helpful, in, and especially when it comes to teenagers, in reinforcing what's, what's already being taught at home. I will never be, and this is a whole other message, but I will never be uh, successful as a youth pastor um, and by whatever terms you, you define that success, without structure and without things going the right way in the home. Uh, that is God's ordained uh, model. That is the way that God has, and that's, again, a whole, a whole other discussion. I don't have an outline here this morning, but as I've meditated on this topic over the past week, I've come, I've come to a few thoughts that I just want to share. Uh, the first thing I want to share, and I'm sure that this verse has already come up and as, as parents, this just has to be, um, as, the, as the text says, this has to be ingrained on, on our hearts and written, written on the table of our hearts. But look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and you can turn there. This is, is going to be kind of the main text that I'm going to just uh, springboard off of this morning. 
I'm hopefully going to be, I hope to share a number of practical thoughts and, 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 and on this topic this morning, but, but I do want to have a, a Bible basis, of course, for all these things. But Deuteronomy chapter 6, and if you're a parent, I, I trust, I hope that you're familiar with these verses. You, you, you ought to be. You ought to know where I'm going before I even say, when I say Deuteronomy chapter 6, you ought to know exactly what I'm talking about, because these verses ought to be uh, bound on, uh, you ought to bound these words, bind these words on your hands and, and write them on the table of your heart, because these are in, incredibly important words from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, verse 6, he says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bound them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He's talking about the, the, the I mean, God is giving the law. He's, he's giving the, the, his, his word to Moses and he's saying, hey, these are things that you ought to be talking about to your children. When does he say that we ought to be talking about these things with our children? All the time. There's never a time where you're not talking to them about it. Taking every possible opportunity to, specifically as we're talking about this morning, to, to share the gospel with your kids, but to just talk to them about God. And, and I'm convinced that it, it, the church in 21st century America, we are losing our children because we're not doing this. Because God is not a normal part of our lives. God is something that we do on Sundays and Wednesdays, if you're, if you're lucky. And uh, Charles mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago, the idea of, of what, what are your priorities? What are you prioritizing as, as a family? And, and I'm preaching to the choir here because you all are here on a Sunday morning, Sunday school, okay? But, but just by, hopefully by way of encouragement to you, Somebody, you might sit here and say, well, I, okay, you know what, I, Sunday school, yeah, Sunday school is great, and, and, but, you know, Wednesday night, Sunday nights, you know, okay, you know, if, if, if it's convenient. And, and I, there's nowhere in the Bible that I can point to that says you have to go, go to church on Sunday night. Why wouldn't you? If you have the opportunity to sit under the preaching of God's word and to hear God's word and to be taught, as a family, as, as, a, as a family unit, why would you not take that opportunity? And no, I can't point to chapter and verse, but, but you are demonstrating something that is incredibly important to your children by making what's important to God important to your family. And, and I am very convinced that as we, and as you all I'm sure have observed, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but as you have uh, I'm sure observed in, in, in seeing folks that are um, that don't prioritize the Lord, that don't prioritize church, that don't put these things first, that only make God available when it's convenient. We are raising nominal Christians at best. Somebody I was talking to recently, they said it very well. They said, if you are, if, if you are a Sunday morning only Christian, and if you are not prioritizing these things, then your children, you're, you're looking at, at nominal Christians, if not agnostics. Because they are not going to stay, they're not going to stay as far as you are. They're going to take it another step back. And so that's why 
as a family, and not just because I'm a pastor. This is the way I was raised. If the church doors are open, you're there. Because I want to take every opportunity, as a parent, I want to take every opportunity to give my children the opportunity to hear God's word. And, and, and why not? And, and so it's just such a burden for me because I see this time and time again in family after family where we want to be, you know, balanced and we want to be cool parents and we want to have, you know, a good relationship with our kids. And so we don't want to pressure them. We don't want to do too much. And we don't want to say, hey, you have to do this. Why not? You're the parent. Make them do something. Don't just say, well, you know, Johnny, if you want to do it, it's okay. No. You're the parent. That's not the way this is supposed to work. And, and yeah, they may not like, them, like you in that moment. They may not like the fact that you're forcing them to do certain things and go to certain activities or whatever. But, but what are you demonstrating to them by saying, well, it's a take it or leave it? Um, that it's just so, so important that we are, as this passage talks about, that we are keeping God constantly before our children. If you look at verses 20 to 25, he says, When your son asks you in times to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? So when your children are asking you about these things in times to come, what are you going to say to them? Then you shall say to your son, verse 21, Well, we were slaves, son of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, all his household. Then he brought us out, of, out from there, that he might bring us in to give us the land for which he, that of which he swore to our fathers. He's saying, look, hey, you ought to have some kind of system established that when your kids ask questions, hey, how did this come to be? How are we demonstrating and how are we uh, telling our kids about the things that God has done for us? How are we, are we taking opportunities? Are we saying, hey, you know what, look, look at this, son. Look at what God has provided for us here and, and how good he's been to us. Um, so a couple things, and, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. There's, not, there's certainly not only one right way to do this, um, as that, to do what is outlined, and just keeping these things constantly talking as you go, as you come, when you're in your house, when you're out of your house, taking opportunities all day to try to talk to our kids about, about God. God is, God is everywhere. Okay, You can't walk outside in the morning. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, whatever it's doing. God did whatever is out there. And there's a perfect opportunity. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And, and there's a perfect opportunity to say, as a parent, son, daughter, look, look at this. Look at what God has created. Be thankful. And, and I mean, how, how often do we even do that ourselves? How often do we thank God for, for the beautiful creation around us ourselves, let alone share that with our children and say, hey, look at what God has given us. Um. I think as parents, one obstacle in this teaching is that it often feels forced. Uh, it may not feel it may not feel natural. It may not feel like something like that. Especially, I would say, if this is not something uh, that you've done all the way through. So, from the time that you're, if you haven't started, I mean, there's no time like the present. But if I'll just share this, okay? With my parents, my parents were were saved. Uh, were very young Christians. They were very, they were saved actually. I think shortly after I was born, and so they had very little Christian knowledge and experience uh, when I and that's that's why I was the worst child. Okay, I mean I, they had the, mo the most problems with me because uh, that was a joke. Okay, fine, yeah. um, but but also, uh, but also true. Yes, uh, but in any case, uh, 
you know, when, when they when they first became Christians, you know, they didn't they didn't know about this stuff. They didn't know these verses. Now they, they do now. Um, but but they had some by the time that they were at a point where these kinds of things were on their minds, they they were a little bit behind, especially with me, because I was already three, four years old. And 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 really it came later when we got into our teenagers, I remember for a for a time um, you know, and this is this is nothing against my parents. They were they were de- desperately trying to do uh, their best to to raise us up and to do exactly what this verse is saying. And and both me and all and my other two siblings are are walking with God and in good churches and praise God. Um, but uh, you know, I remember one uh, for a, a period of time, a number of months. It was probably like a whole school year. Uh, they did this thing where. Uh, in the morning, when we got up, we—I uh, mean, there was all, there was always different stuff. You know, you couldn't eat breakfast unless you had done your devotions, or um, you know, you—it uh, sounds really harsh. It really wasn't that big of a deal, but um, you know, for a while, we would have uh, family time around the breakfast table where we would sit, and and everyone would have to go around and share something that they had learned from their Bible reading that morning. Uh, and this, I'm talking about, like six o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, that at times, and I'm just using this as an example, but that at times did feel a little bit forced. And it was something that we as, as teenagers, we kind of grew to uh, loathe a little bit. You know, we kind of dreaded it. It was something that it, it felt so forced, it did not feel genuine. And, and so it, 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 because uh, it wasn't necessarily something that had been part of our lives up to that point. And so someone else would have to, to speak to, okay, what do you do if you're behind? But I would say this, that, that there's no time like the present, okay? And, and so if, if, you are, uh, if you have young children, starting off and just talking to them about God all the way through, you know how to make it not feel forced, not to make it feel unnatural? Just do it all the time. Because for them, that's all they know. And so if, if you're talking about God, if you're talking about these things all the time, that's, it's not going to feel unnatural to them. Uh, even though it might be a little bit kind of seem forced a little bit or uncomfortable for you at first. And again, these are just kind of my, my thoughts. But just taking every opportunity to speak about the Lord. He, he's everywhere. Every day you wake up and his, it, every day is a gift from God. Okay? Do, you say, do you say to your children in the morning, uh, God's, you know, thank God, his mercies are new every morning? Do you say that? I mean, do we even say things like that? Um, every day is a gift from him. Tell your children about that. Uh, I think this goes without saying pray with your children. And I'm not saying this has to be a, a long and drawn out, you know, uh, episode. Um, we have always been, and the, this is again, this is a discussion for another day. I mean, we've always been very, um, pretty firm, I think, when it comes to bedtime. We've never dilly dallied with kids at bedtime. We don't have long drawn out uh, a, a nighttime routines. Uh, I'm talking literally three, four minutes. Okay. Um, for Miles, it's even shorter because he, he loves bed, and it's a matter of just putting him down and saying goodnight. It's, I mean, literally. Uh, and now we're very we're fortunate, but I will say this. We have never encouraged anything like that, okay? What we do is we pray. And when we, when we pray with Chloe, we ask her for the requests. We say, Chloe, uh, I, we, what, do you, what do you want to be thankful for? So we, get, we tell her, we get, she gives us one thing that we can be thankful for. And we say, who do you want to pray for? And yeah, it might be the same things. I mean, usually she's thankful for a cookie she had after dinner or something like that. And usually she prays for grandma uh, because she knows grandma's sick. Okay, that's great. She's praying. 
and, 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 and we're praying with her. And it's a 30-second prayer. But pray. It doesn't have to be long and drawn out. And, and again, however you feel about bedtimes, that's, that's, that's a whole other discussion. But, um, you know, pray with your kids. Um, I was talking to uh, Kedron's story about this yesterday as we were, again, sitting in the terminal. Uh, she said something, you know, how do, how do you keep God's word before your kids? Put verses on the wall. She said she's been extremely, I mean, we haven't done this, but this is, she said that she's been amazed at how her, her kids have learned verses just because, they, and if you've been to their house, you've seen them. They're all over their walls. And they've learned those verses just because they're there. They've never had to tell them, hey, memorize such and such verse. Well, it's just there. It's on the wall. They see it all the time. Just a practical thing. Um, this verse tells you when we're supposed to do it all the time. Take every other opportunity uh, that you can. I, I do want to move on to assurance of salvation just so we can have time to talk about this. Um, one of the other things that Charles mentioned and asked them that we talk about is just how do you discern a, a child's level of understanding of spiritual, of spiritual matters? I, I think that we know our children best. I, you know, I, I think it's pretty... Um, and this changes throughout the years, and I know sometimes teenagers can seem to be a bit of a mystery. Um, but I, I think overall, if if there are if there's something wrong in your child's life, you're going to see the demonstration of that in what they're doing. You're going to see that played out in their life and how they're responding, how they're reacting, what they're saying. I, I it's it doesn't take me long to figure that out. If something's going on in in in, a, in either my kid's life or even in some of your kids' lives in, in the youth group, okay? If something's going on, you can read them. They're, they're, not, they're not very good at hiding their feelings. Even as they get into the teenage years, sometimes they can clam up. Uh, but even that, you know, okay, hey, there's something wrong. We gotta, we gotta dive into this, because something's not, not right. Um, you know, I remember uh, my assistant pastor from many years ago, one day I was, I mean, I was probably in like four, fifth, sixth grade, and I was just, I was in, Turmoil. I was there was as much as a fifth or sixth grade uh, kid can be, but I, I really I, and we'll talk about this in a second. I, I really battled with some of these things, it's spiritual matters. I really really um, battled with these things, and and there was a, a sin issue that I was just I was just torn up about, and I was struggling and had been struggling with it for for probably uh, maybe a year or so. I mean, I had just really been battling with with an issue, and if I told you, you'd think it was very silly, but uh, and I won't, but. Um, but I was just dealing with it. I was very, very much struggling with it. And I think many of you, if you, if you grew up in a Christian home, I think many of us wish we were still as sensitive to sin as we were when we were this tall. Um, but, but in any case, I, I, I came into school one day, and he, he, he could read me like an open book. Because he, he could see exactly, I mean, and he said, hey, let's go talk. And he pulled me right into his office. He said, what's wrong? I said, nothing's wrong. And he said, no, <laughs> that you're, there's, there's definitely something wrong because it, he said it's written all over your face. And that was the first time I heard that expression. It just blew my mind. I thought, what do you mean it's written all over my face? How can you tell? I, I, but, but he knew. And I think as parents, I think we, we are in the best place. If you have a relationship with your kids that you ought to have, I think we're in the best place to discern. Um, and I say that obviously knowing that, that our children are not you know, at an age where they're really difficult to, to, uh, to read. Uh, you know, they can't really hide anything from us at this age. So I, I say that with that uh, caveat. But, but, you know, having conversations about spiritual matters is what we've been talking about. Talking about it, um, I, I think, is the best way of discerning where your children are at spiritually. I think, I think most of that stuff is going to come out. 
as you talk to them if you're having those kinds of conversations with them. If you're not, then it won't. Okay, and that's the decision, that's your decision. As parents, that's our decision that we are going to say, you know what, I am going to regularly be talking about spiritual things. Because I think all of us, many of us could testify that those are things that perhaps we're lacking even in our upbringing, that we would say, you know what, I, I didn't really have those kinds of conversations with my parents um, about these things. Okay, I do want to talk for a few minutes about assurance and salvation. I know this is something that, that I've dealt with and I'm sure that many of you have, have dealt with before. Um, and as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, I, I, I really battled with this uh, as a child. Uh, I want to say I was probably 10 or 11 years old. I would have to ask my mom to get the exact timeline. But I went through a period of my life uh, for probably a couple years, really, where I, I, I would go through kind of phases and have some ups and downs with it. But um, I, I, I had some real problems. I mean, I, was, I really struggled with this. I, I was terrified um, of, of dying, terrified that I wasn't saved, terrified that I hadn't done it right. Um, and it's something that, I mean, literally, I remember one morning I uh, ate a bowl of cereal for breakfast and I announced to my mom, mom, I, I ate because I hadn't been, because I was in such turmoil. Um, and and I, I really struggled with this a lot. And, and so I say that to say that... Um, and, and I, you know, even this last week, as I, I again, I've been, I was meditating on the, all this all week, and so as I was driving with some of the a couple of the teen guys, one, three, three guys in the car, I just said, "Hey guys, how many of you uh, at at, one, at some point have struggled with assurance of your salvation?" And all three of them said, "Oh yeah, definitely." And I'd say probably all of us would, would say that most of us would say the same thing. Uh, if you haven't, that's great. I think it's it's much more common with with, with people who were saved at a, at a young age. And um, as, as adults, I think there, it's a very, there's a very clear change. I think that uh, there's a very clear change in thinking that if you're saved when you're 18 years old, at some point before you're 18, you've probably done battle with, with the, 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 the idea of your sin and the idea of, okay, how, uh, what's going to happen to me when I die? And you had been trying to be a good person or something that you made a change. Uh, for a lot of kids and for myself, you know, there really never was a time in my life that I was like, yeah, I'm good enough. You know, like I always knew, I knew, you know, right from the from a very young age that 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 I was a sinner and, and that I wasn't enough, that I needed Jesus. And and so, um, you know, and I made a profession of faith when I was three. Uh, I, 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 when I was three years old, I, I remember praying on my I remember being it's not a story that I was told. I remember being on my back deck uh, at my parents house at our house in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I remember standing there and I remember praying and asking Jesus to come into my heart. Now, that's what I remember. And that's what kind of gave me problems later. Because, you know, I said, well, what does that mean? You know, and as, as 10 or 11, I'm starting to realize, okay, well, does, does asking Jesus into my heart, did that really save me? Did I understand that I was a sinner? And so you start asking yourself these, all these, um, these questions, you know, did I say the right words? Did I, did I pray the right prayer? Um, and these are these are questions I think that many of many of your children have or, or will have at some point. Uh, did I really mean it? Did I really did I actually repent of my sin? Did I really uh, did I really? Of course, you know, this depends on your interpretation of repent. Okay, did I turn from my sin or did I change my mind about my sin or however you determine that? Uh, you know, did I really do that? Did I did I check all the boxes? 
Did I really trust in Christ alone? Was I really sorry for my sin? Did I understand everything that I had to understand? You know, you go to seminary and you learn all these fancy terms for things. And, and, and of course, we know that the gospel is simple. Uh, we know that, that, it's, it's a, a, that a child can understand the gospel. And, and so that's, we take great comfort in that. Uh, one, one of the things I, I actually really saw, and you may think, man, you are a really disturbed child. Uh, I, I really had a great childhood. I, I guess I just had to make up drama. I don't know. But uh, this is something, and, and in fact, one of the boys that I was talking to, he actually expressed that he had struggled with some of these same questions as well. Um, I, I at, at times, I really struggled with what if, like, what if everything around us is not real? I'm serious. Like, what, what, if, what if this is all just a dream? What if I'm caught in, in some kind of, you know, matrix vortex or something? I mean, seriously. Like, I, I literally had these, I mean, I had these fears. Um, what, if, uh, what if everyone around me is, is playing a, a really bad trick on me? And they're telling me all these things about God and Jesus and the Bible, but it's all just it's baloney. Because they just want to trick me. Seriously. And I, I, I think probably at least a few of you in this room have had similar thoughts. Um, so so if, if I struggle with this, and, and some of you have struggled with this, I, I'm quite certain that our children will. And, and they are going to go and, and do battle with, with some of these thoughts. So please understand that I'm mentioning all these things to say that these, this is a very um, common, common struggle, I, I believe. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily share this with a child, but just as a parent to take comfort in the fact that if you are dealing with a child who's struggling with assurance of their salvation, just their fact that they are struggling, to me, often indicates that, that they are truly saved. Um, that the fact that they're, that, like, if you didn't believe that Jesus was the only way of salvation, how concerned would you be if you had actually trusted him at, for salvation? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like it's not... You, as a child, you're like, well, that doesn't help me, okay? Because that's, that's, you know, you're like, even as a child, I was like, well, that's kind of circular reasoning, right? Now, I didn't say it in that way, but, but you're kind of like, well, that, that's, come on, that's, that doesn't help me. That's not solid. I need something solid that I can put my, put my feet on just because, you know, you say, well, just the fact that you're struggling. You know, again, I wouldn't necessarily share that with a child, but just uh, I, I would be much more concerned about a child who, or a teenager, who just seems completely removed completely disinterested, that they, they don't have very much concern or care for spiritual things. Uh, I'd be much more concerned about a child in that situation than I would be about a child who's, who's battling with assurance of their salvation. So how do you deal with this? For, for me, it took quite a while. Again, it, it took a while, really, to finally resolve this. And, and it took many conversations with my parents, many conversations with even, even our pastor, uh, I, I spoke to him uh, at least uh, once or twice, and and so uh, certainly sharing verses regarding assurance of salvation. These things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know, you know, and even giving them that comfort, saying, you know what, uh, listen, I, I know you're dealing with this. I know you're struggling, and and you you may you may still struggle, but but you will be able to. You will get to the point that you can know. You can have that assurance, and and we're going to do whatever it takes to get you to that point. We're going to work through this. Now, this goes without saying, but you never, you're never going to give a child a, 
a false assurance. You're never going to say, hey, well, you know, I know you don't remember, and I, I think you all know this, but I know you don't remember, but you prayed, you went forward back when you were four at a church service, and remember, hey, look in your Bible. We wrote this, you know, the date and time. I, that's, and this is a personal thing, but I, I don't do that. I wouldn't do that, okay? I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't write a date and a time uh, in, in, a, in a Bible just because I don't want, under any circumstances, a child to be looking at a date and time in a Bible, perhaps a time that they don't even remember as like, oh, hey, well, I did it. You know, I'm good. Okay, because I, I do believe that, that that could be an indication that maybe it, it couldn't be an, not an indication, but that doesn't mean they're saved. Okay, just because somebody wrote their name and a, and a, and a date and time in their Bible, it doesn't mean they're saved. Okay, and that's why personally I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, a couple of things. A few possible solutions that would help a child, I, I think. For me, it was understanding that, that I was trying to add something to the gospel. And it took a very clear conversation with our pastor. He actually, was, and I think about this now, it's kind of crazy, but he actually, he actually came over to our house, sat with me on that same back porch, and, and said, Drew, you are, uh, you're, you're trying to add something to what God has already done. Drew, it's finished. It's done. It's over. Christ said, it is finished. It's, the work is complete. All we're doing is trusting in him. And it was that realization that, that I was trying to, really, I was trying to add. Now, I, it wasn't that, okay, well, now well, I'm not saved because I was trying to add. No, it was just I was trying to, um, I was trying to add to what, I was trying to make sure that I had done it right. Okay? And, and that, that's the realization that it came to for me, that that was very helpful uh, for me, it, it ask them this question. I think this is uh, this is what I do when I'm sharing the gospel with people. Uh, I would I'll ask them this: if you if you were to stand before God right now, like if you died right now and you stood before God and He said, "So so why would you? Why should I let you into heaven? What would you say?" And I think the majority of the time, a child is going to say, "Well, I would say because of what Jesus did on the cross." Now, if they say anything other than that, well, then you know that that we still have some understanding issues, and we're not we're not quite there, but. But if they say, well, I mean, Jesus died on the cross for my sin, and, and I'm trusting in that, well, then you know what? I can look at that child confidently and say, then you're saved. Then you, 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 have, you don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, and so there, you could, we can discuss different things as far as, um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, then you are saved, okay? Because I don't know their heart. I can't, I can't say that. But, but I can tell them, hey, I, from what I can observe, what I can see, that if you're answering the question right. I mean, that's, that's the right answer. That is all salvation is, is trusting in Christ. And so if, if, if they respond with that way, then I would say then you can take, take some assurance in that. Um, a couple of practical thoughts on, on just giving the gospel uh, to our children. These are not in any particular order. Um, I, I can't say that this will be the case for all of our children, but for Chloe, it, it really seems like it has happened somewhat uh, naturally, uh, very organically. That there was never really a, a conversation. Do you kind of want to share a couple of what happened a few weeks ago with her? And to be clear, I'm, I don't. I'm not saying that Chloe saved. Okay, she's four. I'm not saying that she has definitely made this decision. She seems to have. But do you want to share what happened a few weeks ago? No, no. <laughs> you can if you want to. So I mean, just from background, what we do as a family is I read a Bible story with the kids Monday through Saturday. Sunday we take off because we're in church all day, um, and we cycle through different Bible yeah. story books. 
the, the um, Jesus Storybook Bible, which of course I'm sure most of you are familiar with, which is it's phenomenal. Okay, and if you've ever had a baby at Harvest Baptist Church, you know you get a copy of this. Also, the big the big picture story Bible, excellent, very very good. It's a little bigger, it's longer, and the stories are a little bit um, longer as well. No, those are more condensed. They're more condensed. Okay, sorry. Um, I read them too. Sorry, I get confused. Um, and then this is the Kids Life Bible Storybook. That one I got at the yard sale. Yeah. It's it's very short stories, but it has comprehension questions and kind of just little tidbits at the end of the story, which is sometimes good for older kids. If you're gonna buy Chloe's one, this is the one to buy. Yes. So that's been our routine probably since Chloe was about two. Um, and school and um, the Discovery Club, and they do a great job of teaching them there as well. And then after VBS last year, um, she, you know, she heard the gospel with the presentations and things. Um, but also, I ended up somehow having a ridiculous number of crosstalk tracks left over in my room from my little badge thing, and I took them out. And she thought those were the best thing ever because they fold out into the shape of a cross, um, and they're very colorful. And so we probably more times than I can count because she'll find one and say, "Mommy, will you read this to me?" Because she loves to read. And she, it's colorful and it's engaging. So we've, she's heard the gospel quite a few times um, through that and through the Bible stories and all of that, the things that we do here at church. Um, about, what, um, two months ago, a month ago, um, we were driving in the car home from someplace and Chloe piped up from the back because she's way in the back and she's hard to hear. But she said, hey, mommy. Last night, I asked Jesus to take away my sins. And I said, really? Yeah, Mommy. And she told me a little story about it. And I said, okay, I'm going to ask you about that some more t later. Because I couldn't hear anything she was saying. Um, and then we had family in town, and they left, and I kind of forgot about it. So the next day, I finally We're great parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said, hey, Chloe, you told me the other day that you had prayed and asked Jesus to take away your sins. And she said, yep, I did. And so I asked her, well, why did you do that? Well, because I knew I was still a sinner. Um, I said, well, what does that mean? She says, and she, you know, I asked her several questions, but she understood that she had broken God's rules. Um, she understood that when, that Jesus died to t save her from her sins and that she could not do anything to, to save herself um, she understood that being saved meant that she could be with God forever. Um, and one of the biggest things that I struggled with as a teenager was trying to earn God's favor by being good. And so I asked her, you know, can you do anything to make God love you more? And she said, oh, no, God already loves me. Um, and so she has a lot of understanding, and I think that she's saved. But like Drew said, when she gets older, she may, she's, she may not remember all of that. Yeah. And so it's just going to be a matter of reinforcing what she already knows. And she also wrote a song later. Yes, she did. Uh, <laughs> it's only a few words, but what, what are the, it's... Uh, uh, have your Savior instead. Yeah, have your Savior instead. That's all it is. Have your, sa have your Savior instead. Four words. It's just those four words over and over again. And she stole the tune from a Daniel Tiger song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you ask her, yeah. instead of what, she says, instead of your sin. Instead of your sin, like like you idiot, like of course. <laughs> <laughs> Have your savior instead of what? Well, duh. <laughs> instead of your sin. Um, so anyway, so I mean, for us, it, 
you know, again, I don't know that it's going to be like that with every kid. A, a couple of things, you know, as, as we wrap up here, um, uh, reading the Bible story with them, we'll talk about that. Don't pressure them into, into a decision. I, I think that goes without saying, okay? You know, you're not going to, don't sit there and be like, hey, son, you're going to go to hell. You know I mean? Like, I, yeah, obviously we have real conversations with them about that, but pressuring them into a decision is not going to help them later. Uh, because then they're they're going to be questioning, well, did I do it for the right reason? And things like that. Yes. That does remind me. So when we've gone through the track, it does end with it's your decision. You have to make a choice. But she was only three or four at the time. Yeah. So I said, it, you know, I read the track, and I but I kind of shortened that and made you know you have to make a choice. I didn't go through the prayer at the end yeah. or anything yeah. like that with her at any point um, because I didn't want her to think I have to do this. Yeah. And again, you know your children best. Okay, and, and so if you you know if they're if they're at a at a, an age where you feel like they're they're ready for something like that, then you can take that to the next level. And I think again, a, a lot of times it happens pre- pretty naturally. Um, I talked about writing a date and time and, and things. And again, that's that's a totally a personal thing. Um, live out the gospel before your children. Tell them, son, da- daddy's a sinner too. Daddy needs a savior just like you, because daddy sins. And and when when and J- Daddy needs Jesus to pay for his sin just like you. That's why I trusted in Jesus to save me from my sin. I talked to him. Give them your testimony. Talk to him about these things. I can't make it to heaven on my own. And when you sin against them, live out the gospel before them by apologizing to them and seeking their forgiveness because that's the right thing to do. And and you, I don't know that you can if there's a more important way of demonstrating the work that God has done for us by doing that before each other and living that out before them and saying, hey, you know what? I'm just like you. I need Jesus just like you. Living that out before them. Emphasize it's a personal decision just because they grow up in your home uh, and, and, and go to a good church, etc. It doesn't, they, there's no auto-Christians, okay? And you all know that, but but emphasize that with them. Uh, I talked to Murph about this, of course. You guys know Murph and, and his the, the gospel presentations that he gives for VBS every year. And 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 his, his response kind of surprised me. I mean, but basically he said, well, I mean, give them the gospel. You know, I said, well, how do you give them the gospel? He said, give them the gospel. You know, go through good news, bad news with them. And talk to them about these things, as, as you guys, most of you have seen. Um, but don't just simply trust that they're getting everything they need from, from church. Um, and again, all this goes back to what we've talked about, what we talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 6, of just constantly putting, putting the gospel before our kids, Okay. I really wanted to leave time at the end for discussion, and I'm sorry that I didn't, because um, we really need to go. But but hopefully, did you have one thing you want to say? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was a hand. Um, I would make an exception for you. No, I'm just kidding. But thank you so much for your attention. Again, I, I know this was very scattered, and, and I apologize. I hope that at least it was an encouragement um, to you to, to keep on keeping on, uh, to, to make sure that we're, that we're constantly putting – it's hard. It's hard to remember. It's hard. You know, we get so busy. We get caught up in our lives. Everything's swirling around us constantly. There's so many things that are grabbing for our attention. Um, but, but there's nothing more important than this, than keeping these things before our children. And, and again, if you, if you can start when they're young, it's, it will be such a natural thing for them to, to hear you talking about God and talking about the Bible and sharing verses with them um, and, and just in, in everyday life. So I hope that, that that's an encouragement to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I do pray that you would help each of us as, uh, as parents, Lord, that you would, Father, help, help us to be living out the gospel before our children. Help us to uh, be able to encourage them, Lord, as they deal with 
perhaps assurance of their salvation, Lord. I pray that you would help us to have wisdom and how to handle that and, and, and how to best encourage them. And, and Lord, I, I just pray that you give us wisdom, Father. The, the, the task before us is, is not an easy one, and it requires um, just great perseverance and great patience. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to be faithful to, to the finish, Lord. I pray that you would um, just give us a great day in your house today as well. Thank you for this church, and just pray that you'd bless us in your name. Amen.